Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning, we're going to continue week two of our Wonder Christmas series. I'm so excited. For those of you who don't know me, iheartchristmas.com. This is my least uh, festive Christmas jumper that I own. It's a little understated, so I thought that'll work for today. No one may even notice, except I have to tell you because I'm excited about it. Um, And so I am so excited for us to continue our conversation on wonder, the wonder of God, the wonder of what Christmas really is and who this God is that we worship. And how I'd love us to do that this morning is mostly through story, if that's all right. So I'm going to share a little bit about our story as Causeway Coast Vineyard when it comes to supernatural things, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and our journey with getting to know Him in our context. And I'd love to share a little bit as well about my personal story and some of the kind of twists and turns that I have been through. Um, on that. And so last week, Neil kicked us off in this conversation. He began chatting to us about wonder and shared with us that there's a number of different definitions of what wonder means. And it kind of ranges everything from the awe moment of wonder, kind of all the way through to the whoa, fear wonder. And there's a few steps in between. And as we look at this Christmas story together over the next few weeks, we'll discover that as people came into the presence of God, or they were faced with God's power or presence, they experienced at least one of those definitions of wonder. And so last week, we did talk about how we as Causeway Coast Vineyard are an outward focused church, which basically means we exist to love people who don't yet know Jesus. That is who the Lord has invited us to be, and it's the adventure that we're on together. And so it's this little diagram behind me. We are an outward focused church, and we do that by each one of us, because the you know, the church is the people. So each one of us living in our everyday, wherever we are, hoping and praying and working towards seeing city transformation happen in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's all done in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as Causeway Coast Vineyard, we're so blessed to have been brought up with that as our heritage seeing things done in partnership and in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Because the vineyard movement began right at the beginning, obviously, um, with this desire not only to know about the Holy Spirit, but to really know him and experience his presence and his power. And so when Cosmico's Vineyard was planted, we were always hungry for the Holy Spirit to move among us. It's what we'd been born into. And we were excited to learn how to hear God's voice for each other and for ourselves. We were excited to learn how to pray for healing for each other. And we spent incredible times in worship in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord together. It was really amazing. And when God first invited us in on this biblical kingdom adventure of becoming an outward focused church, we were really excited to see what that could mean in the context of who we were as Causeway Coast Vineyard. Because as I said, we'd always loved the Holy Spirit. We always wanted him to feel fully welcome in anything and everything that we were doing. But now with this call of like 
becoming an outward focused church, loving people who don't yet know Jesus, we wanted to make sure that we weren't being too weird. That seems fair, doesn't it? Our hearts were definitely in the right place. We had heard God's invitation to partner with him to start loving people intentionally in a different way, becoming this outward focused expression of church. And so we wanted to be careful that we didn't do anything that might put people off who wanted to meet Jesus for the first time. I think we sort of viewed the outward focus and the Holy Spirit a little bit like two pedals, if you can imagine, like two pedals in the car. You would like push down, we know in a car, you push down on the brake. And if you do that, you want to be lifting off the accelerator pedal. But if you push down on the accelerator, you want to be lifting off the brake. You don't ever push those two pedals together, right? Because the car just makes a really ugly noise and doesn't go anywhere. So it's not very effective. And so we were doing our absolute best at pushing really hard at what we thought was this one pedal of outward focus as wanting to be obedient to the Lord. Because that's worship, isn't it? When the Lord speaks to us and then our response his obedience, that's what worship looks like. And so we wanted to make sure that we were doing that. And we didn't want to lift our foot off the outward focus pedal in order to start pushing hard on the Holy Spirit pedal. But we really loved the Holy Spirit and he was really welcoming everything that we were doing. So we were a little bit like exploring. We were adventuring. We're like, how are we going to do this? I guess humanly, we couldn't really imagine what it would look like to push what we were talking about as two pedals at the same time. But then as we looked in the Bible and we saw the story of Jesus and we saw the life of Jesus, sorry, how he lived and modeled to his disciples and to anyone that was listening how, what it meant to live this life, we sort of saw that he didn't really seem bothered about the whole two-pedal idea at all that Jesus was really comfortable fully being outward focused and fully being supernatural all at the same time. And he did this incredible thing where he would often, we'd often find him teaching people who knew nothing about him or about the kingdom and be teaching about the kingdom. And then he would perform miracles and signs and wonders and this supernatural would break out among the people who were there. I was like, huh, So you're addressing people who don't know you and the Holy Spirit is doing crazy wonderful things in their lives. So it didn't seem as we read it that Jesus was very into balance when it came to this. It's not like he was like, you push one and you lift the other or you push the second and you lift the first. And it also wasn't like balance, like I'll 50% push outward focus and I'll 50% push supernatural and see what kind of beige result comes out of that kind of a lifestyle. Jesus modeled to us 100% outward focus and 100% supernatural all at the same time. Jesus taught us a practice of wholeness, not balance. And in Matthew chapter 8 in the Bible, we read about one particular story that illustrates this. And someone came to talk to Jesus. And this guy was, 
He was God-fearing, he's described as God-fearing, but he was not a Jew, which was a big deal in Jesus' day. And in fact, he was actually a Roman centurion, which means as his job, he would have been against the Jews, working against them. And so, but he had some sort of belief in God. And so he came to find Jesus because he had a servant at home who was paralyzed and was in a lot of pain and, and couldn't work. And so he had enough faith to come and say, Jesus, will you heal my servant? And Jesus is like, will I come with you and heal him at your house? And he was just like, no, do you know what? I get, I get the authority that you have and you just need to say the word and he'll be healed. And as we read on, that's exactly what happened. We read that at that moment when Jesus said he'll be healed, he was healed at home in another place. Jesus wasn't even physically there. And it happened. Oh, that's wonder. That's signs and wonders and miracles and supernatural with a Roman centurion who was not a Jew, who was not a follower of Jesus at that time. It's very amazing and it seems like God is very comfortable with that because one of the first groups of people who the angel told about the birth of Jesus was a group of eastern mystics who certainly weren't following God. Seems like God is really comfortable with being both fully supernatural and fully outward focused all at the same time but I remember the moment as a team here, when we started having this conversation. So we'd been really pursuing being an outward-focused church, and we knew that the Lord had invited us into that. And we were wrestling with this idea of, how do we do that in the power of the Holy Spirit? How do we do that well? How do we do it better? How do we explore it more? And honestly, the more we talked about it personally, the more nervous I became. Um, because of some of my story in that. And so I wasn't really fully keen to explore it at all, if I'm being really honest. Because when I was a teenager, I was part of a brilliant church that I loved. And it was very into the Holy Spirit, very comfortable with whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And how we expressed our love for him was often pretty out there. So it was high energy. There was a lot of stuff going on and I was loving it. It was all great. And then when I was about 16, 17, 18, something about that, um, there was a move of God that happened in different places across the world. And our church were really into what was going on with that. And so I would be in meetings and conferences and what I would see happening around me was pretty wild sometimes. There was a lot of like people responding physically when the Holy Spirit um, filled them or landed, rested on them. And so what I mean by that is people would often fall over as they were being prayed for, or they would cry or laugh, or they would shake or roll on the floor. And, or sometimes they get really excited and stand up on their chair and jump off their chair and scream. And it was all very exciting. And again, I was loving it. I am a little bit out there. So I was very comfortable. I was like, this is so fab. But then this happened. Because my experience of what was happening to me when I was being prayed for was not that. And I was a bit sad about that. In all honesty, I was a bit jealous of the people who seemed to be meeting with God in ways that I seemed to not be able to. And I had, I had FOMO. That's what was going on. I had serious fear that I was missing out on what the Lord was doing. Because as I looked around in my own insecurity, this is on no one apart from me, my own insecurity said to me, oh, all this physical stuff has to happen 
if you're encountering the Holy Spirit. And if it doesn't happen, no one will think that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what I thought. And my deepest fear was that they might be right. And so in my flaw, (laughs) in my own insecurity, I started to copy what other people around me were doing, even though that's not what was happening in me. And so there were times, I'll be fair to myself, there were times when the Holy Spirit filled me that I did respond physically and it was authentic and it was real and that is what was going on. But as I look back, I know that there were many times that I was just faking it to fit in. I wanted what people were experiencing. And so I went after that and I kind of made it up. I'm not proud of that. But after a couple of years of living like that, I was done. You know what it's like when you're just living a way that you know isn't right? I just, I just was left a bit empty by my choices and I was done. I was out. So I closed the door on that. I just was like, I judged everyone else by my own standard. And I knew that I wasn't being authentic or honest about my experience or lack of it in the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, anyone who was responding physically when the Holy Spirit met with them must be fake. And that was in my immaturity what I decided to be true. And so I stepped back, I closed the door. I was like, no thanks, that's just not for me. It's just all a bit weird and I'm done. But please hear me right. (laughs) I still loved Jesus so much. And I still loved the Holy Spirit so much. And I still wanted him to work in my life, just not like that. I didn't trust me in the mix. I didn't trust that I wasn't going to be strange and make things up and be inauthentic. And so I was worried about meeting the Holy Spirit in powerful ways. But it left me in a bit of a situation when I was in these conversations um, as church leadership (laughs) here in Causeway Coast Vineyard because now I was sitting in a room full of people who I loved and we were all listening to the Lord and we were thinking about how we were going to go forward and we were all feeling, including me, that it was the right time for us to start pushing what we thought was two pedals at the same time, start exploring this. And I was terrified. I was like, oh no, I don't know, but I think it's right. So I really reluctantly said, yes, we should do this. (laughs) But it was reluctant and I was really terrified. And so we did step in. We stepped into what we knew and we stepped into what we didn't yet know. And we began to learn some things. And some of the things that we began to learn even then, we still are really learning now. And they're still super helpful for us now as we continue to journey this. So we knew and we learned again how important it is to seek God only and not go after the reaction like I'd been doing as a teenager. God is the only one we long for. He still is. (laughs) So how or if we react when the Holy Spirit is ministering to us is secondary thing. The first thing always is God alone and how much we love him. We're hungry for the Holy Spirit to move. And so we won't worship the reaction or the lack of it. We will only keep our eyes on him and worship him alone. And secondly, we do try and chill out the weird. 
I'm not trying to be offensive in that. What I mean by that is in a room, say for example, in a room like this, there are, there are lots of us in here. And so when the Holy Spirit starts to move in people's lives, lots of different things can happen. Some of us will meet with him when he's moving in a room like this, and some of us won't. Some of us, when we meet with him, will respond physically. Maybe we'll laugh or cry or fall over or shake. And some of us won't, but we're still meeting with him. Some of us, when the Holy Spirit starts to move in a room like this, um, God will bring things to the surface of our lives that are not from him, that it's time to deal with and we need set free from. And some of us, maybe, like me, put ourselves under pressure to respond in the same way as the people around us. And maybe we copy. And so while we'll never embarrass anybody or call them out in those moments, we will try and talk about what's happening in the room. That's what I mean by chill out the weird. We'll try and say, because some things can feel a bit strange, can't they? And that's okay. That's all right. Sometimes strange things are happening and it's fully the Lord <laughs> doing things in our lives. And so we'll, we'll try and talk about what's going on without drawing attention to individuals. We'll try not to hype things up, but we will not shut down what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because we are his church. This is God's church. He can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to. So what is God is God, and we will always celebrate that. But we're involved too as humans, and so sometimes it can get a little interesting, can't it? <laughs> and that's why we try and explain what's going on. But as we began to explore this more back then, we really started to see that his power did really start to come in incredible ways in people's lives. We started to hear the voice of God, maybe for the first time for some of us, maybe for the first time in a long time. We got to hear what God wanted to say to us personally and to the people around us. It was really amazing. We started seeing healings happen in our services. And we saw, like, I remember grown men coming who didn't know Jesus yet and were in worship and they would just weep their way through the service. Be like, what is happening? We got to introduce them to Jesus. I remember bunches of teenagers coming in, maybe dragged there by their parents or maybe just coming along with their friends and they were a bit disinterested until the Holy Spirit started ministering to them. And they were like, what? What is this? And lives began to turn around. Lives began to change all over the place. Huh? And at the same time, Jesus began to heal my heart from my own mistakes and misunderstandings about him that I carried through my teenage years. I began to really see that the physical stuff that sometimes happens when we encounter the power of the Holy Spirit is secondary. And that the part that really matters, it's what's happening on the inside. And sometimes something physical will happen and sometimes not. And that's okay. And as I started to worry less about whether I was shaking or falling over and actually put my eyes on Jesus and spend time with him and be filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened was as he healed me, he was able to meet with me in more amazing and more wonder-filled ways than I had ever known. 
And sometimes I reacted physically and sometimes I didn't, but it was real. I was real in the middle of it. See, what we discovered as we pushed hard on what we thought were two pedals is that the Holy Spirit isn't weird at all. That's good news. Sometimes we can be a little bit. Let's be real about this. But he never is. He's just not. And he has been working with us, people who love him, people who don't for a lot longer than any of us have. And he's so much better at it than any of us could ever be. And that's exciting. And as Neil said last week, we haven't taken our feet off either of what we thought were two pedals, neither outward focus nor the power of the Holy Spirit ever since then, and we never will. Because what we've discovered is there weren't really two pedals at all, but actually all this time it's been one pedal. (laughs) It's been one pedal, and now what is so obvious is that We can't actually be an outward-focused church unless we do it in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Because all we can do on our own is reach out. And so good things might happen, but nothing will change unless people encounter the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Families can't change without his power. Work can't change without his power. Our streets, our cities, our countries, ourselves... (laughs) Nothing can really change without the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we are filled with him, then real things can begin to happen. And that is wonder. But our God is not a bully. He doesn't force his way in and make us do anything. But he's a God of invitation and partnership. And he just says this, will you partner with me? Will you partner with me? Will You have a part to play. We all have a part to play in seeing God's kingdom come today if we choose to accept his invitation. We all have a part to play if we accept his invitation. And that's the part that's on us, is accepting his invitation, is choosing to partner with him. And he comes and he fills us completely like he did or like Mary responded to him when he issued the invitation to her. Remember when the angel came to tell Mary that she was going to become pregnant with Jesus? That's big news. I imagine she experienced all the definitions of wonder in that moment. But she had a choice to make in that moment. She could choose to turn her back on what the angel was telling her and say, no, Or she could choose to surrender herself to God's story. And we read about in Luke chapter 1 verse 38 in the Bible, we read Mary's choice. It says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She chose the partnership. She chose to accept his invitation to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you ever thought about what would have happened if she'd just been like, no, I'm grand, thanks. I'm good. Didn't you know I'm getting married? I'm engaged. I'm going to go ahead and plan my wedding as normal and carry on with my nice little quiet life. I kind of like the me in my little corner moment, so I'm just going to keep going with that. What would have happened? Thankfully, we don't need to know (laughs) because she didn't. She chose to partner with the Lord in that moment. She chose to surrender and lay down her plans and her dreams for her life 
and instead partner with God for his plans and his dreams for her life and for the rest of the world, for all of us. I'm so glad she did because her surrender led to wonder. Because of her surrender to God, wonder became our story. Today, if we follow Jesus, we have an opportunity to step into partnership with the Holy Spirit too, to accept God's invitation to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to surrender our own plans and dreams and lives and be filled with his dreams and plans and him instead. So when Jesus died on the cross and then rose again. He was about to go back to heaven and he promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit was gonna come and fill them and that they would see and do incredible things in his name as they were filled. And we as followers of Jesus are also his disciples today. So that same promise is true for us today that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and when we are, we'll receive power. We'll be able to be God's witnesses all around the world. We'll be able to see incredible things happening in his power and in his name. And I don't know if you've been following Jesus for some time, but if you have, I think sometimes we can get a little tangled when we start thinking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I know I've heard questions like, at what point are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, are we filled with him the minute we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the minute we give our lives to Jesus and accept his invitation? Or is there a second moment? Is there another moment when we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And there is so much teaching on this stuff and there is so much teaching in the Bible about this. There's so much writing about this. This is, it's a big conversation and I am not going to try and answer that particular question this morning, but I kind of want us to look at a slightly different answer, a slightly different question, because throughout the Bible there are loads of um, examples that we could look at at this, but I just want to look at two examples from the one book, and it's the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, is where Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, but Jesus was now back in heaven, Peter's talking to a crowd of people who were not followers of Jesus, but they had just witnessed something that left them a bit dumbfounded. So they had just watched as a bunch of believers had been filled with the Holy Spirit and amazing things had started to happen. So they had questions about this. And so Peter's talking to them and he says this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it looks like Peter's saying, as you receive Jesus, as you repent, which means turn away from your old way of living and your old way of thinking and accept Jesus into your life, then you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that looks like it's immediate, doesn't it? But then in Acts chapter 19, we read about Paul, who's another follower of Jesus, meeting a bunch of believers and asking them if they have received the Holy Spirit. And they're like, no, who's that? You never heard of the Holy Spirit. And so he lays his hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. They were already believers. So to me, that sounds like they were already believers. And then later on, they got prayer and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So whenever I think about, is it 
just at the moment when we give our lives to Jesus that we receive the Holy Spirit? I think the answer is yes. And then as I think about, are there a, is there another time in our life when we get prayer and we receive the Holy Spirit? I also think that the answer is yes. Because there is more than one moment and there are more than two moments with God. I think there's a moment when we accept Jesus' invitation into life and we begin to walk in relationship with him and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then every day after that, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he fills us again. It's like filled and filled and filled and filled. (laughs) He fills us again and again and again. And the Holy Spirit doesn't need to fill us more than once because he didn't do it right the first time. (laughs) He's not in lack ever. Not at all. But the truth is, God is limitless. We never get to the end of God. We can never fully get to the end of the Holy Spirit. He's a mystery. He's God. He's not human. We can't ever fully understand him or fully explore him. He's forever and he's always and he's bigger than we ever know. And so the Holy Spirit fills us and in his kindness, he partners with us. So he fills us to our capacity of fullness and overflowing. And then as we continue to journey, he fills us to our capacity and overflowing. And we continue to journey. And so it goes on. But as I look back over my life, it's not lack and filled and lack and filled. It's filled and filled and filled and being filled. The only time I've ever felt lack as I look back is the times when I have closed the door, when I've taken a step back and said, no thanks, that's not for me. Every time I have chosen to step in and engage with what the Lord wants to do, I have been filled and filled and filled. It's a bit of a mystery to me. But what I know is that as I look back on my own life a year ago, or five years, or 20 years, or 30 years ago. I know that I feel fuller with the Holy Spirit than I ever have before. And I know that I am more in love with Jesus than I ever was before. But I also know that at different moments throughout those 38 years that I followed Jesus, I have always felt like that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so full right now. I'm fuller than I was a year ago. And then a bit further, I'm so full right now, but I'm fuller than I was. So it's filled and filled and filled. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.